All right, welcome back to another Monday um, of the Upper Room Family Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about identity and how it relates to our mission to equip families to pursue God's design for discipleship, community, and dynasty. And I think identity definitely ties into this dynastic concept that I've kind of lashed on to here. If you haven't uh, listened to the book review on Family Dynasty, I think that's a good book. Um, And identity... I just I have a lot of questions about why it's such a big issue, um, you know, about, you know, just so much of our culture is just looking for their identity when I guess I just feel very grateful that I know where my identity is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a complicated answer, but I think finding it or um, having it be just be enlightened to who your identity is in and what your identity is, um, you know, takes a process sometimes. So. Um, identity, Zion or Camuel, what, um, when I threw out the topic of, you know, your identity, who is your identity? What is identity means? What is our culture, uh, seeking when they say, you know, find yourself, let's start there. You know, there's a lot of our culture that says, well, you need to find yourself or I'm just spending time away to find myself. What, what does that mean? That means our culture is in a like total complete identity crisis. People don't know where they came from, who they are, or what their purpose is, and what the goal is in life. And I assure you that you will just wander around your entire life trying to figure out what am I, like, what's my passion, like what am I really gonna do until you truly align with a purpose that is a lot bigger than yourself. And I believe that we are a child of the King. We're bought with a price, and we honor God with who we are. We honor God with our bodies. We were made in the image of our creator to reflect his his attributes and just his undeniable nature and beauty. And you have identity as an adopted child of the king if uh, you are a believer. And to exist in that identity, exist in that assurance of who you are and let that infiltrate every single thing that you do, that is going to be transformational because you're going you're gonna to operate out of uh, security that the general population does not have and people are going to see that people are going to recognize that they're going to ask you what that is and just in my life just going through college and high school and hanging out with a lot of peers I felt like identity was the biggest the biggest issue it was like who am i why am i here what's my purpose like how do i judge if what if i'm what i'm doing is okay and most people have everyone else in their life be the litmus test of who they are and that will just always lead to failure. That will lead to, we've talked about money before, but if other people are your identity and how they feel, then you just have to get all the cars and you have to get the house and you have to, your whole life is just so other people will approve of you. But you have to have something that's a lot deeper than that. You have to be grounded in who Christ is and the knowledge of our purpose in this world. And that's how you can have a true identity. Yeah, it's really appealing to get your identity from other people because it's tangible. And it's not, it's the problem is that it's not sustainable because what Jesus said is that he didn't entrust himself to man because he knew what was in the heart of man. And it can be really easy for even us as men and us in the culture to take our identity and take our worth, take our value, take our acceptance from solely from other people and what they think of us and then live to please them instead of to please God. And so I've definitely faced that. But like Kemmel said, 
there's a better way. And the identity in Christ is the only identity that is received and not achieved. If you look at other religions, it talks about how, like if you look at the Muslim faith, if you look at the Buddhist faith, it's all about things in you that you need to do. But Christianity is, according to Luke 9.23, you denying yourself. You have to realize that you do not hold everything in you, that you are weak, you're insufficient, and you fall short. And you need God to step in and bring up the difference because you Mm -hmm. can only bring to the table filthy rags. You can't be clothed in the white righteousness of Christ. And so that's the encouragement. That's it could be so much better than where our culture is at and just grasping after the wind with nothing tangible. It can be a sustainable relationship with a God who defines who you are. And then you can live in the confidence of that. I think of uh, Frederick Nietzsche's poem, um, the parable of the madman, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's basically the madman runs in the town and is saying, you know, where's God, where's God? And they're like laughing at him. Oh, did you, did you lose him? You know, did he wander away? And he's like, no, you've killed God. Like you've, this, you've decided God doesn't exist. And now what's the purpose? Like where's, where's the bottom? Like where do we, where do we stand on? We're, wait, we're going to have to be gods to, you know, to, in order to cover for this great feat of killing him, we will have to become his God. So the parable says it really well. Nietzsche, as an atheist, sees it very clearly that if you want to live as an atheist, then you have to be God. And if you are God, you take on all his responsibilities for identity. And the problem with all that is, is that it's not true. God does exist, and you're not him. Therefore, uh, if you try to go, like we're saying, like, look outside and try to get your identity from other people's opinions, it's not going to work. And now our, our more modern culture saying, no, 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 that's okay. We figured it out. That doesn't work. you got to look inside. If only you can tell you who you are. It has to be self-referential. Again, it's fragile because you're not consistent. I'm not consistent. We change. And all these situations happen to us where we find out, oh, my goodness, I can't decide who I am. So it's also equally fragile. Uh, I agree with what you guys are saying. Like you, we are not built that way. It's not reality. The reality is that we are contingent. We are made by God, and we need Him. Every breath we breathe, whether we want to believe it or not, is contingent on Him. He does not have to give us another second here on this life, on this earth. He could call us back to Himself. Um, we are absolutely dependent on Him, and He gets to say who we are, and. And very gratefully, he says that we are very loved by him, that we're redeemable, that he will buy us back, that he'll adopt us back into his family. We are his children if we turn from our sin to love and obey him. We can have an identity as as his own possession. So, yeah, it's something we receive. We can't just go out there and achieve certain things, even going within uh, identity is a very it can be a very stable bedrock thing if we find it in the stable bedrock God that we serve. I think the verse that um, comes to mind was in First John chapter three. Um, actually, a little bit before that, but chapter three specifically, it says, "See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are." Mm. And I think. You know, our world, like you said, Micah, is just craving that truth. They're craving, maybe we said this kind of off off the mic a little bit, where 
kids especially are just so hungry for someone to tell them something that's true, something that has meaning and, and purpose that they can take to the bank as the phrase goes. And I think right here we see John saying like that, you know, the father loves us so much that we get to be called children of God. And it's not just you get to, we are. Mm. And so you are. And, you know, every time somebody is looking for, you know, their identity, uh, boy, I'm just really struggling to find myself. We can just speak scripture to these things. Um, we just talked about education and using scripture as your basis for it. Well, even with big life questions, what better place to go than scripture? And when your child or, or someone in your peer group is struggling, like, I don't, I just don't see that I have purpose. I don't see that I have value. I'm, I'm struggling. It's okay to come alongside them and say, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the God of the universe has called you to be children of him and what, show them what that means and affirm that And you are. You are a child of God. You know, that is your truth. And um, we just, we have such a culture that just hates truth or it's this relativistic, look, it's just me. It's just my truth, um, which is so ironic because then they want to find their true identity. Well, what, what do you mean by true identity? Like, it's just your identity, right? Or is it your true identity? And like, that's why you see so many people just so confused because they, they, on the one hand, they don't want truth. Then on the other hand, they're like, I just want to find my true self. Well, you just use the word that you don't like. <laughs> like, like, what does that mean? Um, you know, let's dive into, you know, words have meaning. And that's that's the thing that I think our culture is lost. Words have meaning. And you can't just start using words like challenge people to define what you mean by that. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know. I just, I loved how he just concluded that. And so you are. Yeah, it's a question of source. It's a question of what is your source? Who created you? Who, like if something, if anything's going to know your purpose, it's gonna, like if anything's going to know the purpose of anything, it's going to be what created it and what is like the origin of it. And we were created by God for God and we were chosen by God. First Peter Two nine says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may be proclaim the ex excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's just so powerful to me. And it's like, this is who you are. If I've ever had a like time in my life when I'm like just questioning like what my purpose is, it's like you are a royal priesthood, a chosen nation of people set apart for God's good purposes. And it's like, wow, like that is transformational. Like you understand that you are chosen by God and you live in that reality. Like that will change everything you do and you won't need the approval of others. Like it'll change who you are. It'll transform you. Like you want to talk about renewing your mind to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like that's, that's renewal right there. That's like, like this is who I am. It's not some just like I'm gonna recess. Like I'm just gonna recite all the gratitude in the morning and like tell myself I'm strong, independent. When you're like weak and not independent, mm -hmm. it's like no. Like you're like speak God's words over you, and that's gonna transform you into His likeness. Mm -hmm. I love how that verse that you chose to quote there, uh, Camille, because I think one aspect of identity is is who you are personally, and, and you're absolutely right. Like, you know, we, as we've been saying, we're children of God, a child of God. We are a new creation in Christ as Christians. This is who we are. But it's also, like you said, we are a people 
of his own, like not just a person, but a people. We are a royal priesthood, like not just one priest, but a priesthood. Like all these things, this uh, communal, First uh, Corinthians, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So we are individuals, but we are also a body. We have context. So our identity is not just that I'm an individual that's loved by God, redeemed by him as one child of him. That's true. And I'm also in a body. I'm also in a community. I'm also in the beloved. I'm also in in a group of people that gives more context context and stability to my identity than just 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 being alone even though um, there is certainly power and strength in being a child of god individually however that our identity is also a communal identity as well amen yeah I, if i have some time i want to read uh first peter 1 13 just like kind of this is who you are therefore preparing your minds for action be sober-minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be bought for you at the revelation of jesus christ as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for i am holy and if you call on the father who judges impartially according to one's deeds conducts themselves with the fear throughout the time of exile knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like a lamb without blemish or spot. Like you are purchased, you are a child, you are adopted, and like that is who you are, mm-hmm. and live in that. And if you don't, like you, everything hinges on that. Mm-hmm. So I even see a lot of this bubbling up in the Christian circles, especially as it relates to Christian authors several times. Um, this is just this idea of like the self-help model or this, um, just so many books are just focused on self, finding your identity, finding your purpose. Um, the purpose-driven life comes to mind, right? But it, they just have these undertones and underpinnings sometimes, I think, of of just self, 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 or um, I guess just that self-help model versus I think what I'm hearing you talk about, Kemuel, and myself is, maybe I'm not discussing this pro- well enough here, but just the idea that it's so much more than just self-help. It's It's... I'm in community. I've been set apart. I'm part of something larger than just my individual role versus this this um, this calling that I'm a child of God. I'm in the royal family. I'm in this royal priesthood. And so I guess my question is, in the church, when we come across you know, our peers in the church or someone new to the faith, someone who's even been in the church a long time, but hasn't really been discipled. And they're trying to find out what, what their purpose is in this life, what their calling is. How do we come alongside them and get them to the place where they, they see from Genesis to Revelation that they have been set apart in Christ for, you know, a time such as this for, a purpose that has that kingdom impact. See Micah flipping to something. I'm not ready yet. He's not ready. Somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'll go. I, yeah. I, I'm ready now. All right, let's go. You lost, okay, your, you lost your moment, Kev. I was trying to fill in, but you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, one thing I would tell that person is, is 
we often say, hey, you know, I, I want to do this, but I forgot. And I, I was trying to do this, but then I forgot. And we use that as an out. It, it, the Bible commands us to remember certain things. So therefore, it's not okay to forget. You are actually breaking the command of God to forget certain things. Remember the Sabbath day to keep holy. Holy uh, First Peter. I, I, hey, I don't mind telling you guys these things again because I want to call these things to remembrance. Your job is to remember. Remember these things. I think a, a great hindrance to our, you know, really living and thriving and who we really are, and as a Christian with our Christian identity, is our failure to remember. We're not in the Word, so that so I would tell that new believers like you've got to be in the Word. You need to write down specific promises that the Word says that this is who you are, and you need to remember those things. So, so what do I do to remember? I write things down. I put them in places I'll see them often. I'll, I'll hang it as a banner in my room. It's the first thing I see when I wake up. I will do the work to remember this. It's not just I hope I remember. No, it's I. I will do something to remember these things. So that's that's what I would advise that believers like it doesn't it doesn't come naturally to any of us to really believe and have it sink deep in us who we really are. We're called to remember these things. Hey, brother. Zion, you've been quiet this go around. What do you you got something to say? You're you're always full of wisdom that you hold back a little bit on. So I see your, the wheels turning. What what comes to mind with I mean you're you're at a stage of life where so many of your peers are wondering, what am I gonna do? What what am I how am I gonna start my life? You know, you're 19, 20. Um, 18, but 18, yeah, <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> I you're 19. Um, all right, 18. You know, I mean, you've, you know, a lot of 18 year olds are just graduating high school right now, right? This is a season of graduation. They don't know what their next step is. They might be trying to find themselves, quote unquote. What, uh, what have you found to be successful for you? Oh, the the I see. Like, there's one option. Uh, I think quite a bit of sample of that side. One option. Here we go. Baby. Don't overcomplicate. <laughs> There's only one option in here. <laughs> so if you want to find yourself, you need to find God. You have Amen. to seek him. That's like literally the only option. There's so many things that you could do in your life and all of them could be viable options. But the one thing that is consistent is you need to be consistent to your walk with the Lord. You need to be faithful to him. And so if you focus on that faithfulness and then whatever he puts in your path, you step into that with a person who understands who God is and understands who they are so they can work heartily as unto the Lord and not for men, then you're going to have at the end of your life, you're going to be able to look back and be like, that was a life well lived, but not only you at the, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you'll hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little, uh, enter into your master's happiness. And I think that all of us are seeking for that, but it's just that the focus, you need to get the focus off yourself and you need to get the focus on God. And then you need to get the focus on faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And then once you do those three things, a lot of the other things will fall into line. Mm-hmm. I think when it to your question, Dave, like what are you gonna do in life? Like everyone, I know I was freaked out for years. Like I need a perfect plan. I have to do everything 100% right. Like I need to make sure every step I take is gonna fulfill my next purpose in the next month, the next year of my life. And I read this book by Kevin B. Young. It's called Just Do Something. And as a man, that's what you're called to do. You're called to provide. You're called to 
build the kingdom and to just like try to get that perfect and like be paralyzed by trying to get something that's perfection will not result in a godly result. And you're called to just, you're called to work heartily under the Lord and do something. And so instead of freaking out, like as young men, I just want to speak to you. Like I know on your heart, if you're trying to honor the Lord, like you're like a lot of guys, like, what do I do? Like, I need to do this right. Like I need to provide for a family. It's like, just go out and do something like get educated, get skills. Like it doesn't have to be perfect plan. It doesn't have to be like, this is my path. It's like, just make sure you're working every day and working towards that goal and do something and like dedicate your life to the Lord initially, like obedience, faithfulness, and then just do work. Yeah. I think that's a great place to wrap this one up. Zion is if you, if I'm summarizing what you said correctly, if you're wondering about your identity and is to, to stop, you're asking the wrong question is what I hear you saying. Right. I think what I'm hearing you say is you need to seek God right? Seek God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things are going to be added to you. So if you find God, if you are truly seeking truth, you will find quote unquote yourself along the way because you first found God. And once you've found God, it's very clear to see the calling that he has for you because you're just going to dive further into scripture, be have so much more revealed to you as you uh, grow in the the knowledge and the wisdom of of his word and his truths. So um, hopefully for those of you who are uh, maybe graduating or have graduates in your household, uh, maybe this will help you navigate some of those questions of life. I think all of us have probably had them from time to time. I think the question itself is um, is okay. It's okay to have that question. It's okay to entertain those thoughts, but again, taking them captive, what is speaking truth into it. And, you know, just walking alongside your young person as they have these questions of identity, as they struggle with it and bring, bring the belt of truth with you, uh, bring the word of God with you, speak truth into it and, uh, just, just do the discipleship, do the hard work to get them, uh, across the finish line to help them realize that they are valued. They are a child of God. And, um, and so you are. Mm. All right, Micah, I think it's your turn. We pray us out of this Absolutely. one. Dear father, I thank you for just this talk that we could have. Thank you for that. We can be firmly grounded in you for our identity. I thank you, God, that you do exist, that uh, we are not our own. Uh, you bought us back through the death of your son and that he rose again, that since he lives, we'll live too, God, and that, uh, as was said, we can have a firm foundation in that, and that we can move through life with confidence, with ballast, because you live, God. So I pray that we would know that deeply. Help us to remember that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.